0: Broadcasting from a dark basement office, the FBI's Most Unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. Well, we're back, Josh. We're back for another one. We're back for another one. We're back to back. Back to back. Oof.
1: Back to back World War champs. Yep, 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 good, yep. Good. We got a, we got a big hefty sexy crew in the chat, the horniest, the horniest X-Files podcast listener group out there. That's our claim to fame, TM, and TM. uh it came to works. play. It came to play. And if you're not it's, listening live, you're missing out on great pre-show content, like the conversation we just had about feet.
0: Sure. Yep, we did. Really. We equa- here's the teaser. We equated, really good radio. We, we equated discussing feet to discussing Donald Trump. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. It provokes yeah. quite extreme reaction. Yep. That's that. Yeah. But uh, in other news, speaking of feet, <clears throat> I don't know. Is that a segue? Uh, Can we talk? We, we'll talk feet, about feet, the guy's feet. boots. Oh yeah, the boots. Okay. He's got Godzilla
1: boots. Godzilla
0: or something. I don't know what they mean or what that means, but it's it's true. They yeah, do. But
1: we're we're here to talk Quagmire, my friend. Quagmire. Season 3, episode 22. We're three from the end, my friend. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it right up front. Mm. We're shitty X-Files fans for not having picked this one before. It's really good. Can I say that? Is that fair to say?
0: I we, think so.
1: We It's got, really good. It's, we got it's a, to pick. Do you have any idea how many we picked before we went season abs- by season? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Pro- <laughs> I mean, probably. What a, what a, what a question. <laughs> I mean, 20 at least, right? Sure. I mean, I got to say, this yeah, is-
0: No idea, just said sure.
1: <laughs> this is guaranteed in my top 20. Higher, yeah, higher.
0: Right. Uh, is it the psychedelic frog experience?
1: Yeah. Hey, man, you made me drop my toad. <laughs> That's
0: it's, the cane frog, you know. Yeah. It's a cane frog. It can become the size of a dinner plate, that particular frog that causes psychedelics.
1: The one he's holding or the actual one?
0: The actual cane frog. Is the one that you can actually hallucinate on. Hmm.
1: Yep. We've, we've mentioned this before. I, I yep. think this question has come up before that we're both squares that have never tripped. Never tripped. No, No nope. square Square yep. pegs, round holes.
0: Outside of some not great marijuana experiences, but I wouldn't equate that to tripping because I didn't eat it. But if yeah, you I eat it, it'll get you. It can get you. It's, uh, it's processed very differently in the body. I know that from Joe Rogan.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. 11-hydroxy metabolite or some shit is produced when you ingest marijuana, which is why it's a very different experience.
1: All right. Yeah, there you go.
0: That's my. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Tangential, <laughs> tangential knowledge of the situation.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, this episode, man, is uh, it's a special one. It's a special one. This is I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again about this one. This yes. is a X Files fan X Files episode. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. So, I think and, it could potentially make X Files fans. though, don't you think? I think so. But let me read you a listener comment. Do it. From this motherfucker, from longtime LSG listener, longtime mm. member of the X Files uh, mm. Facebook page, uh, doesn't watch the show, just watch this episode. Taylor huh. Galloway, aka my stalker, who's doing a terrible job because I never feel unsafe or violated. So it's really.
0: Yeah, it hasn't quite got to the point where you've informed local law
1: enforcement. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's very, very disappointing. Understood. Um, but I'm saying that. Talk's
0: a big game, but.
1: Talk's a talks talk and does has not want to. The
0: <laughs> has yet to, you know, write your name in later, lighter fluid in your driveway and set it on fire or not call once. you at 3 a.m. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not once.
0: You know, or go through your panty drawer and mm-hmm. sort of just surreptitiously steal a pair and perhaps later do things to it. Yep, yep. Well, I've
1: never, never accidentally touched his. Uh, you know, fluids on my door handle, my car door or, or mm-hmm. home door handle on mm-hmm. entering and exiting. He's
0: never sat up quickly in your back seat as you start your car. Yeah. None of the good stuff. None
1: of the good stuff. None of the classics. <laughs> but he did watch this episode and he said this episode was fucking dumb. Lame ass, annoying dog, and people getting ripped in half like a lame excuse for Jurassic Park. And then the dumb ass sequence in the boat where you swam to a rock and couldn't figure out the water was ankle deep. Fucking dumb. Thanks for coming to my TED Doc and don't worry, I'll find my own way out. This episode wasn't that bad. I just didn't remember X Files being so campy. It was fun to watch. I also but it was fun to watch. I also don't remember the episodes being so short. So he was actually kind of playing it up a little bit, you know, kind of playing no the
0: heel. oh uh, yeah. He he's um he's a regular social media comedian, this guy.
1: <laughs> How real?
0: I mean he's always on this one. He's always bing bang boom with the jokes, you know. Can't shut him off. He's he's just he's just always crushing him over to Monster. can't blame a guy for he takes his swings though doesn't he gotta give him that
1: he does but i think i think the biggest if there's one misconception that a lot of people that don't watch the x-files have it's that x-files is a show about scary monsters Mm -hmm. period right i I, i'm making an assumption but i feel like that's what most people would would answer
0: that or 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 unexplained interesting mysteries
1: okay yeah sure but I would even say more for people that don't watch the show. I think more think that it's a scary monster show.
0: Well, I don't claim your omniscience. <laughs> I'm just busted. It's your hard balls. always knowing. <laughs> no, right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that sounds reasonable. Though I, I don't think that's unreasonable.
1: I just <clears> I, I I distinctly know I've several people that have said like, oh yeah, I never really watched the show. I was always too scared to. Yeah. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. That makes but, sense. But anyway. I think it's hard to appreciate a somewhat campy episode like mm-hmm. this without already kind of liking and getting the show.
0: Yeah. Like I, I mean if you're if you're pushing 50 <laughs> and you're not a fan already of the program, it might be difficult to objectively come into it and go, "Oh, cool." You know. <laughs> is this about Taylor? Oh, no, just in general. Okay. I'm, t- I'm talking generally speaking. I don't know how old Taylor is. Honestly, he's younger than me, I think. But um if you're pushing 60 And you roll in. I don't know. It might (laughs) might not be for you.
1: Well, all right. So what I was saying when I say it's an X-Files fans X-Files episode is that there's camp to it. There's that humor that we love. And there's so much great relationship building and just the dynamic between Mulder and Scully. I mean, the conversation on the rock is like literally an acronym that that's, X files fans and especially shippers used to like just rip, rip nuts, rifle nuts while <laughs> furiously typing in chat rooms about the C O T R. This is a real thing.
0: <laughs> ah.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm just saying <laughs> I think it's it's a it's a it's a strong love for me right out the gate. Right. But I, I don't I don't think this is an episode that I'm gonna show somebody who hasn't watched the show.
0: Wow, what an interesting conundrum you find yourself in. I'm not being sarcastic.
1: <laughs> you sounded very sarcastic. I know, I know, I know, I know. I understand. <laughs> what sorry. an interesting conundrum. <laughs> you sounded fuck. like fucking Scully. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Mulder, on the Conversation on the Rock really right. it. <laughs> I'm not. it's
0: funny when you play it back that way but no what I, what i'm saying is is that is interesting because you're being such a fan of the episode and let me just tell you right now this episode is really fucking awesome it's super fun to watch and um, i like it because it reminds me of so many things that came after it like just the film lake placid that's this movie right yeah it is in in there's without you know any what depth. what else and you know what else this you know this reminded me of august for christ's sakes tomorrow's the fourth right The <laughs> fucking beaches are going to be open those that's beaches it. will be open right that's where this reminded me of. like there's that part of it too because with the suggesting oh, we're going to close the lake we got 48 miles of lake what do you think we're just going to close it
1: yeah definitely a lot of jaws in this Right,
0: the POV. Sure, they're not,
1: they're not seeing the creature
0: exactly, and the, and the skepticism, it, yeah. which was well, and in Jaws, it's a little different. They're like, well, okay, but so what? You know, there's a, people compare Jaws to the COVID shit right now, but um, you know, it, it's I I love first of all the setting is like all, it's, it's got to be late autumn, the trees are bare, it's cold, it's gray, it's fun, it's a monster episode. They're in this crazy weird place. The locals are cool. There's already a legend surrounding. Sorry, say again.
1: AKA Georgia. This is a crazy right. weird place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Meaning the, the town in question. Yep, yep, yep. And then And then they meet these people, and this place is steeped in the lore, and it's cool, man. Like, that shit is interesting to me. And it's fun, and it's this neat mystery. And yeah, uh, whatever. You, you know, you're on a rock, you go to Swam to sure. But I think the spirit of the episode endures, And I found it utterly fascinating just to watch the whole episode. The conversations between Mulder and Scully were really good. And I I think I get what you're saying, though, uh, as I think about it for five more seconds, which is this example of... Maybe the campy ep- x ex- maybe x files episodes that have a bit of camp to them aren 't necessarily what you want to do for your first time viewer because for your first time viewer the x file sort of makes its its claim on what you were just describing, and that's let's get to know these characters before we have them engaged in some sort of weird camp right yeah maybe maybe this is the third or fourth episode you show somebody i'm not sure but yeah, that is an interesting that is an interesting predicament where you go. This episode is really good, but maybe, and, and I guess a lot of these shows have that. There's probably a dozen Trek episodes like this where it's like it's pretty corny, but yeah. you know what? I, what I show you the fucking holodeck episode where Data and War for cowboys and Data is like an, a bad guy gunslinger, probably not. Probably not the first one I show you, even though it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it doesn't.
0: You know what I'm saying?
1: Totally. totally. Fistful
0: of datas. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I might not show you that one at first, or or maybe even the the uh, the original naked now uh, original series ep, where they're all fucking drunk and Sulu's running around sword fighting everyone. I might not show you that one first.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's you know it's a uh, acquired. I don't want to say acquired taste. That's not the That's right. That's even you strong. Just, yeah, I hear you. You need you need the context to appreciate how great this is. Like if you don't have a baseline of like – you got to watch Ice or Tombs or Irresistible and know like this is how a monster episode works. These are the beats. These are the characters. You got to have enough context about the relationship between these two because if you don't have that, I just don't think you're going to appreciate it enough. I don't think you're going to watch it. And say like, oh, this sucks. Unless you're a piece of shit like Taylor. But for like a person that's not a total piece of shit, mm. I think you yeah, watch yeah, yeah. it and you're like, oh, it was good. It was cool. Like, you know, it's kind of funny and silly and campy and whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. But he, he may, he may to prove his love for you to make you see that you love him too. He might kill a family member with that comment,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which would,
0: to be honest with you, I would go good on you. At least yeah. that's an obsession. And then yeah. I would promptly be quite sad. Sure. But, um, well, it depends which, <laughs> depends which one. You don't pick family, you know? <laughs> fucking A. But, uh, you know, Big Blue, the Southern Serpent, Faraday. Southern Serpent,
1: mm. got a different. Zing zing. Connotation there. Hey, who?
0: Far- old, old Faraday. This guy's a true dyed in the wool scientist.
1: Talk to me. Tell me your thoughts about Faraday and his frog apocalypse. Which I feel like APAC would frown on that terminology. Frog holocaust. And I might be getting like getting wrong technically, but for some reason that that actually conjures an image of frogs exterminating many, many people.
0: Sure, I, I imagine frogs just sort of ushering people into horrific chambers of death. With little fucking Hitler little, mustaches. Little black uniforms. Yeah, little little Ribbit. They just point to go in oh, with a fucking MP forty. I'm like, What why is this a frog person? But um what do you think turn the fair? frog's gay. <laughs> um so I don't know. It's um it's funny. If they were cute you'd think differently. I mean he's not wrong about that. That's how we are, but sorry. We we uh, we you know things that are expressive we get because we're fucking monkeys we you know cats dogs things that make expressive things to us it's different than a fucking beetle we yeah. can't relate to a beetle like we don't have that same connection that the uh, the phenotype as it were of you know people look differently it's we we see some commonality though it's almost like Eyes, mouth, nose—like I get, I get that thing. It's like me, kinda, you know. Yeah. But when it's like, I mean, I ain't even a frog. I would, I'm not like a fucking weirdo who's like, you know, blew up frogs as a kid. But like, it, you know, it's it's a frog's not a beetle, but a frog's not a dog. So his <laughs> point is taken. Like we would care more <laughs> if they were, scale. you know, if they were mini bunnies. We'd be like, this is fucking horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Four little fucking cute nose bunnies. Frog What's LeCost. happening? Yeah, yeah. lagos. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's but, something. Uh, uh, an interesting dynamic about him, though, isn't it? That uh, I think a lot of times, the the local expert who's in kind of a fringy expert often uh, very much ends up in the Mulder kind of camp, right? Sure. A lot of times, um, he's, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can yeah. just say things as we've established. My <laughs> I was observations like, are just crazy. I, like, I
0: was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> not not always, but oftentimes we it's, have. This, it's common, though. Yeah, there's a role. They're kind of – either they're at odds with local law enforcement or the local authorities in some way or another, kind of the outsider. And there's sort of a connection here, and, and a lot of times they're an asset for the agents. And I, this is a nice little play on that because not like he isn't a useful sor- source of information, but he <laughs> really does nothing to assist in your investigation. He completely shuts down any, any he's, talk he's, of Big
0: Blue. He's got a charisma problem.
1: Oh, for sure. Which explain
0: it's it's in the he has a negative modifier
1: yeah negative so it's it's, negative one negative two what do you think probably just
0: probably just one
1: okay he's got an eight charisma
0: I'd call it an eight charisma no question all right eight charisma and and he's a and you know he he works this guy I mean he's on this let's be real this guy's got problems
1: he's he's way on
0: he's way he's registering I mean if it was an EKG meter we'd be like big time ghosts here. (laughs) (laughs) guess, <laughs> you know what I'm saying we'd be we'd be shucking the trap under his feet and blasting him with our proton packs. <laughs> i got some
1: ectoplasm forming right here <laughs> yeah, exactly this fucking guy
0: he's going in the trap with Beelzebub and whoever mm-hmm. else is in there yeah he this guy I mean he's probably a couple of a couple of decimal points away from being a complete puddin brains, you know <laughs> so it's just like. Ugh.
1: it's no. reminiscent of as I the older I get the more I sympathize with like the crazy eco-terrorist who wants to wipe out humanity sure and, yet, because and they
0: just see people as complete and utter nothing like this you work with frogs right. for a reason
1: and I'm down with wiping out humanity like more and more I'm down with it but
0: you're not gonna have to it's perpetuating its own demise I hope so don't you worry.
1: But I also like what you really find is that most of these characters are so unlikable, like just you know, in movies. You know, so the,
0: what do you, th- why do you think he is? Why, why do you think they're like play him this? Is this, a, is this to, I mean, why is this to make him possibly a suspect? Um,
1: I think there's an element of wanting, <clears throat> excuse
0: me. You're
1: fine. There's, there's an element of wanting to make him a suspect, maybe at least initially like a, a little bit. Right. But, but I think more it's, it's to make him a weird, quirky, unknown. Okay, I, I can
0: see that. I can see that.
1: Sort of like a little, a little mystery, and and the idea mm. that there's going to be some kind of reveal that comes from this, or that he might, you know, it's, it's a little element to there. Like, what well, what is he really? Is is there more that he's up to? Is there something that he's going to mm. stumble upon or reveal? Like, what what role is he going to play? Because it's very ambiguous. He's definitely not, you know wants nothing to do with Mulder after that first conversation.
0: We're gonna flag this interview for a for a check back.
1: Yeah. Right? We're gonna this is a follow up for sure. This
0: is a follow up. Let's flag this field interrogation report for for future reference.
1: Yeah. And and maybe and good point from uh Jay Carr in the chat, maybe to shed light on the absurd. Absurd he says Absurd. I'm into um, it. And so the idea that this guy is we, – we see him kind of have this sort of loonyish diatribe of yes, like as much as anybody might like nature, to call something a frog holocaust and shout about nature turning its back on you, and then to have him kind of cool and calmly mm-hmm. – tell Mulder, our beloved protagonist, one of them, that he's a fucking space cadet for believing in fairy tales.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: That's a fun dynamic.
0: Right. I mean, that that, that line, is that the line that he, does he say that line about turn your back on nature to turn its back on you? Yes. Isn't it more, it wouldn't be more apt to say if you turn your back on nature, it will leap from a tree and tear your throat out. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, what the fuck, man? It's not, you know, like. True. It's, there's no, I mean, it's not amoral. It's not immoral. It's more amoral, but all that aside, yeah, Yeah. all all that aside, I do like his, his take on that. Like he has this philosophical bend on the aesthetic of this particular breed of creature and its demise being inevitable based on encroachment of man, so to speak. And he's Mm -hmm. the, he's going to speak for the frogs.
1: Yeah, right. he was speak, speaker speaker of the frogs speaker, by Orson speaker. Scott Card.
0: You, yeah, what,
1: what, uh,
0: if the speaker of the frog is in chamber, <laughs> or, well, let's ask, <laughs> let's ask the chat. If the speaker of the frog is in chamber and he's got his committee around him, when it's his turn to talk, what is he handed? What do you guys think? Ooh.
1: Like, w- like, what is the object you hold?
0: Correct. When when the speaker of the frog goes to speak What what is handed to the speaker of the frog and more importantly what is he wearing is he wearing some sort of like
1: Kermit green type of <laughs> like outfit <A> but, <laughs> speaker some, some sort of neck <laughs> Kermit has a collar of some kind doesn't he yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, of course he's a classy he's a classy frog classy frog yeah.
1: who likes to keeps fuck it, pigs but that's I was just gonna say well
0: who doesn't <laughs> fair enough if you're a pig, just keep your feet off my chest.
1: <laughs> keep those hooves on the other side of if the If you dead. take
0: care of them, rock and roll, babe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well.
0: Okay. So, no. I'm sorry. Uh, what, what, what are they telling me in the chat? I, I guess maybe like a fly statue. I don't know. Is that, is that too on the nose?
1: Uh, a scepter with a fly head? How about oh. a, fly, a fly swatter? Yes! That's fly close. Swatter, right?
0: That's really close. <laughs> That's really close. That might be the one. Scepter of the fly is a better way. That, that, but they hand, you think it's something fancy, yet
1: they hand him a fly swatter. (laughs) Uh, Just some dead flies, like glued to it. I have the scepter of the fly. I have the floor. (laughs) They're all yelling, you know, I mean,
0: but it's that is it as crazy as the fucking Brits with their dumb wigs? Oh, it's so silly. Have you ever watched, uh. What's that called? Oh questions yeah, of the prime minister. Oh yeah. Oh no man. no 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 no. I thought you meant that. If I watch like live sessions of
1: their fucking arguing, it's great. Well, yeah, that's that's like one of the main ones. Oh, they, is they that what it's questions. called? Uh, yeah. Then they definitely. They fucking like and Dude. Harumph, like in the back oh, rows. My. Oh, they're oh, it's so intense, crazy.
0: It's great. I love it.
1: And you're like, <laughs> that's where we got our democracy from. That yeah silly yeah shit? yeah. The,
0: the tyranny of the majority. I say. Let it burn. <laughs> so,
1: can I can we talk
0: about the the, the I don't want to be insensitive, but can I be real with you? Yeah. Have they ever fished a scoutmaster's body out of the <laughs> water when the fly wasn't down? <laughs> yeah,
1: you think uh
0: I mean, I don't want to be an asshole, but if acting in the purview of said scout master, the news tells me his fly was probably down, not because he was taking a
1: piss. You think he was? You think he was uh, <clears> throat> testing throat> out one of his scouts for his <laughs> snake handling badge?
0: <laughs> I think that I think we learned about the southern serpent quite intimately, <laughs> and I don't think it went well. And I think we're never going to. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, because I did flower de lee on his belt buckle. If that doesn't the tell Boy you something scout about the man,
1: it's simple. What? That's the Boy Scout symbol. <laughs> you fucking were you never a scout? No. <laughs> How can you be a good American if you weren't indoctrinated oh, into a youthful paramilitary uh, organization? Is that that's
0: awesome by the way. My nephews are scouts. I have no issue with the scouts. They're they're good kids. But um and in you know
1: but yeah, can we be
0: honest about? That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not not okay. a big
1: not a big loss not a big loss that was way down.
0: Friction is how you make a fire,
1: I guess. <laughs> there you go. That's another badge. <laughs> <laughs> Could be several. Could be several.
0: I thought it was a Florida Lee. Is is it the same symbol? Did uh, we just rob it from the French?
1: Yeah, it's just that little.
0: I mean, like the statue silly and everything ass,
1: else. Silly ass flower. Okay.
0: I'm going to look at it again.
1: I went to a all-boys uh <clears throat> camp, actually s- speaking of youthful activities with flies down. Sure. Um and, there was a it was on a lake. This is very very uh movie like. Across the lake there was a all-girls camp called de mm-hmm. And That's cool. Th- that we, you know, we would like have some social events. There was a couple like dances and I remember when I was old enough to like go to the dances because I went there from when I was like fucking seven until I was, I don't know, 13 or 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my first dance with a chick, bro. With nice. My first dance, with the, first dance with a girl.
0: First dance with a girl, well, I was at, um, I went to, believe it or not, a camp in New York State called Guggenheim. And I think it still runs and I didn't realize at the time, but it was a like a Jesus camp. Like there was prayers and songs and shit. Yeah, I went for two All weeks right. and I stayed there. Yeah. And I danced with a uh it's weird when you're a grown man to say a cute blonde girl who's a child, but at the time it was a cute blonde girl. <laughs> it's fine then. But I was terrified. I was sweating bullets. But um yeah, no no fleur de lee, no no French crown here.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they 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 fished that little fucker. Right out of the water. That's body number two. I mean, this this episode does have a pretty impressive for a quote unquote campy episode, pretty impressive body count. Great body count.
0: I love that they added the happy trail to that guy's busted torso. Just the <laughs> legs. Just a belly that stuck out of his pants had a little had a little yeah. happy trail and, on it, and, which is and great.
1: Scully's theory of like you know the bite wasn't this big, but like obviously it's in the water. Like fish are going to eat it. Really, Scully? Are they going to sever the spine? Are they going to eat the spinal column in like <laughs> three days? That's some goddamn fish right there. But yeah. the the local flavor. I mean, we've talked about Doctor Faraday, and you mentioned it, kind of just discussing the episode. But I mean, I love it. Tell me, tell me what you think of of this place that this is set in this this fictional town on this lake in georgia
0: it's one of the most awesome parts of the episode the the, the setting is incredible and that's what i mean this is a very this is a very good you know pull the blanket up up around your toesies and sip a nice warm beverage episode like this is a feel-good episode yeah it's it's so watchable and I'll tell you, it, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be. You know, when the kid draws something and it's just a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit drawing. It's garbage. They don't color on the lines. It's a garbage show. And you go, that's great. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying no. It's legitimately good. Like this is. You know, you go like, yeah, you're the fucking, you're so challenged. You can be whatever you want, yeah, yeah. Sure well, you, can. you
1: have to keep justify not being a piece of shit? <laughs> well, <laughs> discussing what, this episode. What,
0: what's that tell you? Uh. But no, it's um, it's awesome because of that right there. That's the, it. It pulls you into the place, and when you are pulled into the place, you are you you. What I like about this episode, very specifically, as it relates back to that is it just, it, it felt very quick. It felt like a very brief episode to me because I was so pulled into the setting, so pulled into this mystery and the surrounding countryside and the local flavor that that's what I mean by feel good, but that's not to be confused with bad.
1: Right. Right. You can be, something can be you know, comfortable and it's not like a dishonor. on it. It's not low. It's not. And
0: and maybe it would be more accurate to say, and it's still good because we can like stuff that's nostalgic. That might be okay. But this goes beyond that.
1: I mean, look at that that picture I used for the Facebook post. Sure. It's it's Scully and Mulder in the foreground facing away. The tackle shop. Yeah. With a giant big blue inflatable thing on the roof. Just like, dude, you can immediately picture that place. Mm-hmm. 100%. What's like there, what the people are like. And it's no surprise when they meet old show me your boobers, bobbers, whatever. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy. Bobbers. This guy who, uh, Ted, Ted Bertram, meets a, a very tragic end.
0: For sure. Uh, and now, Kim Manners, the director of this episode, is, does a particularly good job of shooting this. You know, I think they make it look good. It's yes. not just, isn't this a cool, creepy setting? It, like, I can say that until I'm blue in the face, okay? If I'm writing a novel, I better goddamn describe it to you. I better, I better hypnotize you with my words, like in Jose Chung, right? If I can't do that, then it doesn't matter what I think it is. If I can't communicate to you through the written word what this means, then I can't transport your consciousness to this place. And then I fail as writer. It's the same shit. It doesn't matter if I say it's interesting. If you don't fucking shoot this location in a way that makes me go, I am there. I, this is so classic to me. And that's why, that's my favorite part of this is just how classic it is. I'm so entrenched by the setting and everything else that's happening and the mystery. And, ooh, there's an old possible monster. Is it a dinosaur? And, and we don't even linger too much on that. And I don't even care. And it works so well because uh, it's so it's shot well, and the in the setting is so good that I go, "You've successfully brought me to this place, right?" And that's if you if you read a good book and you're like, "Man, I can imagine this fucking place," and I don't, you know, I it's a little different with a visual medium. I just go, "Whoa!" I what? Wow! I feel like I'm here. It's great. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah. my favorite part of this shit.
1: I like it. I like it. You know? Yeah it's it's very. There's, it's a cross between a, I almost want to say there's like an element of like a Stephen King kind of setting to it. It's funny you say that. Cause I was thinking
0: Stephen King when I was thinking of apt description.
1: Yeah. Right? And obviously like not mm. some of his darker, scarier stuff, but Stephen King has more lighthearted. I, I would even dare say campy kind For of sure. stuff. Intentionally yep. campy. Um, great dialogue writer, by the way, but a
0: lot of people don't talk about it. Great dialogue writer. Okay. I think, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, um, but no, yeah, it is the the fucking the scuba guy when the kids are getting high and the way his head just floats to the surface that is excellent. Straight up and then bobs to the side. You you, you mentioned the body count, Josh. It's pretty fucking gruesome. There,
1: yeah, dude. That decapitated head, the 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 half body they find floating. Um, even like, I mean, the actual kill scenes. You know, there's no reveal of the monster in question till the very end for great reasons. Um, but you know, it's still like for a a campy episode pretty brutal like clawing at the ground and screaming and exactly you know it's they don't show a lot of it because we're trying to hide the monster but it's not fun happy times you know if you're ted bertram there's nothing campy about the way you go out
0: absolutely and and you know it's it that's why it's so it's just fun and if you were like we're going to watch quagmire, you know, we're going to we're going to cuddle under the blankets me and you Josh. We're going to cuddle under the blankets. We're going to watch quagmire. I like it. Taylor's so jealous. It's great. I'm in. Let's do it. Maybe it's raining outside. Maybe it's nighttime. We ain't got shit to do. That's fun. Like that's a that's in yep. it but it also but it also uh you know, it's almost it's almost quintessential monster of the week role playing game fodder.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Cause it, cause it, cause you go, whoa, this is brutal. And then you go, but it's also fun. Like in, in these, yeah, this, the suspense that the photographer with all his equipment, his back, and he's got that sort of like meat buoy, which is the only way I can describe it. And he's, (laughs) and he's trying to bait this thing, by the way, like 15 feet from shore, get a better camera, you crazy fuck. And then (laughs) boom, he's, he turns his back and we see the water. I I love shit like that. In a yeah. cut to the crime scene, that's, I love that. We cut to his camera in the dirt.
1: Yeah. A lot happens. I mean, it moves quick. Yeah, it does. And it,
0: but but it's, but it's you know, without being pedantic, it's the same length of every episode, right?
1: Yes. But I mean, but you think about it, the amount of, I mean, sometimes we only get one crime scene, maybe two. This is and, true. And the rest of it is kind of the leads. They're, I mean, like half the episodes are like crime scenes, but- you know, it's just those are more events that have to happen and they all happen, but it doesn't feel rushed. And then in the midst of this, we haven't even gotten to it, I think it deserves a whole little standalone piece sure. here in a few minutes, but the conversation sure. on the rock. Dude, it's totally. ten pages of script. It's ten pages of script. And yep. one fucking scene of dialogue, basically. And shot well. Yes. And that's yeah. in the middle of all this other shit happening. I mean, man, to pull this off the right way, right. it's uh it's something special, I would say. I agree. I would dare say.
0: Yeah. Um, I love the moment because you know we always have uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a trope that I love, but the trope is the skeptical law enforcement local, right?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of the meat buoy. Mm, you you, like you were talking about the thing the photographer had, and yeah, I keep picturing the fucking uh, scuba diver's head, <laughs> which is much more <laughs> of like a, a meat buoy <laughs> in reality.
0: That's what it is, man. Fucking Sorry. chum tube out there. I like, it. <laughs> but no, he. Uh, oh, yikes! <laughs> a whole
1: episode what of, of <laughs> euphemisms. <laughs> let that run around in your skull for a minute. Like, I think, I like think um, the Boy mm, Scout mm, troop leader mm, did.
0: Yeah, that's ain't that the truth. He's like, I'm going to show you my fucking chum tube. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. So, you want to earn that fishing badge? T- that's just what the you know this. It's like it's like back in the day when like women were like my husband beats me and like you're being hysterical and they slap her. You know what I mean? Because they didn't want to face the truth of you know treating another human being so abhorrently. So, so, so what we do is we translate that into ah, nah. They you know they're they're just. It's like it's like they're, um it's like coincidental magic and major's just like no nah, absolutely not he was taking a piss that's why his flies down like it's this this whole thing they refuse to look at the truth yeah this guy was walking around with his fucking meat buoy <laughs> meat buoy hanging, hanging around right out out. his pants <laughs> anyway but no yeah, um, yeah dude the um, the conversation but getting the local law enforcement man on board because he th- he throws that hook in and he's trying to fish this guy's body out and he gets a hit like. I mean, like a swordfish times 10. Oh, boy. He goes it for a hammers, ride. It hammers the fucking line, and he goes flying, right, yeah. unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, it's kind of when when they cut to showing him swimming back, and you're like, wait, he got pulled in, but now he's like 20 feet in the water. Sure. And then as he's describing, you're like, oh, shit. Like, he really took a ride. Yes. Which is cool. And you see that, that with the scuba <laughs> dive <laughs> you mentioned. You saw him that almost jaws like – Right, so getting pulled like to the point where the water is like cresting over them, like they're a the prow of a boat. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Uh, for a lot of the same reasons I love Jaws, I love this episode. You know, I I love I love the gripped town. I love I love that. I love that. Like this is our home, and there's this thing going on, and and what are the ramifications of it? And 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 it introduces conflict beyond said shark. Right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me. You know, it, I mean that and the groundbreaking <laughs> fucking film that is, in fact, Jaws. Yes. You know, something we recently talked about in LDI, which I think you would appreciate. You may be, you may be, have heard, but the idea of the POV of a killer is pretty, it's, there. you can trace it in film, and Jaws is one of the first. Yeah, yep. The POV of a killer, in this case, the shark. It was a good conversation you had
1: about that, about why why we enjoy, I I don't, I don't remember the phrasing of how you discussed it, but like, what is it about that that is exciting? It's titillating. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To to be like, ooh, I I am the meat vehicle for a killer in a consequence-free environment. It's, It's why we would absolutely fuck and kill robots in Westworld, right? Oh, 100%. We are base, our base nature. But um, no, Uh, but once we get this guy on board, back to the task at hand here, I apologize. But um, we get, once we get this guy on board, we then have to, we got it. Can we take Scully to task just a little bit?
1: About her ability to handle an 11 pound dog or something What? Yes, that.
0: First of all, that's the worst leash ever invented. <laughs> you, talk to any them. talk to anybody that works in a vet clinic, and they will tell you don't use those. Unless you people want your dog st- to get hit by a car, absolutely, absolutely, or or wander off, or it's they're they're garbage. Use a normal fucking leash, you lazy bastards. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, she's she loves her little dog, and you know, tell right. it's a little shitty, but it is still a dog, so it's fine. But like. She's bad at dogs. She's bad at dog leash. Bad at dogging. Yeah. <laughs> Great name, by the way. Quick, quick, That's funny. And I didn't even realize that was the harpoonist in fucking Moby Dick. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. More, more- So, uh, ooh, question. Yeah. Is this the first time we learn about the Starbuck nickname?
1: No. That no, was Beyond the Sea. That's what I thought that because
0: yes. she mentioned it again, and I couldn't remember if this was before or after.
1: But I don't know if if she and Mulder ever talk about it in that episode. Ah. I, they might have. I don't remember. And I'm oh, sure that's so interesting. BP is furiously typing at his keyboard right now. Mm-hmm. But um, the, you know, we we see it like in the dream sequence. We see the dad call her Starbucks and.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: That comes up, but I don't remember if Mulder and Scully actually have a discussion about you know the significance of Moby Dick and, and Ahab and Starbuck and all that shit. So I don't ever want to go back there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> speaking of speaking of episodes that I would try to get somebody hooked on the X Files with that oh, would be boy. that would be in the first three. I would show yep. them probably. Um, so
0: back, back to our pre-show convo real quick. We mentioned Exorcist 3 coming up for the Lost Drive-In. Mm-hmm. Brad Dorf, he's in it and oh, he does tons he? of dialogue and it reminded me of Beyond the Sea. And I was so off my game on Exorcist 3, I didn't even mention Beyond the Sea. I don't know what my problem was. Because exactly from Beyond the Sea, him in chains being like, oh God, and, and so he, he oscillates between like angry and quiet and he's like, I'm going to rip and and stab, and he's doing that, talking to the fucking like cop, and you're like, holy shit, dude! <laughs> and he's like, really young, yeah. and, and, and when you watch it, you're like, okay, this is this is fucking this is our guy, right?
1: young but still so greasy,
0: yeah, uh, dude. With with like a wet face, I can't put my finger on it.
1: <laughs> so greasy and sniveling. It- <laughs> well, not so much. Maybe not. It's snivelly, but but wet. Why, I dude, green a worm tongue soaked. There's something about certain actors they need, like Brad Pitt needs to snack on things. Right, Every fucking movie, he's snacking on something. You're right. You're Brad right. Dorf needs a hose down.
0: Do you think, do you think he works himself so much that he, like, his eyes water?
1: <laughs> maybe that's part of it. It might be, man. I'm, I'm being honest. Like, I mean, maybe uh, he's wet. Maybe it's just casting directors being like, you know what would look good in this role? Would be a, a wet Brad Dorf. Yeah. And the director's I like, like I so- like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> like his fucking portfolio of headshots, it's just, each one of them is just drenched. <laughs> 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 but in like totally normal situations. Oh like he's like sitting around a table laughing, like, you know, at a dinner party, and his just face is just fucking soaked.
0: I, c- I come up to you one day, you're like, we're having a beer. And I'm like, dude, Matt Braddorff for the Comic Con, soaking
1: wet. <laughs> just- Can you fucking believe it? i don't understand i saw i saw a puddle in the middle of the place i walked to (laughs) it.
0: i thought the fucking girl from the ring was gonna kill me puddles all over the floor next thing i know i see a wet guy
1: sabrina satina whatever the fuck your name is (laughs) anyway
0: but uh, she's
1: terrible with a dog okay i'm sorry she's bad with the dog i gotta say this while we're on this topic hit me because I want to bring it up anyway. Harper Bill in the chat says, unpopular opinion, Kwee is an annoying dog and I'm happy it doesn't appear in any more episodes. I love animals, but his incessant barking it was obnoxious, though a good call back to Clyde Bruckman. Dude, mm, you know true. you know how much I love animals. I've talked sure. to her all the time. Of course. There's I, something think we're, ab- I think we're both pretty pro-animals. There's something about yippy dogs, though, man. It's tough.
0: There's a you. It, it's tough. you got to be... They, they hit you with the right pitch and oof. it's like... Ooh, I could have punted you through the family window. <laughs> yes. I, I could, could never
1: have. I could never actually run up and kick a dog. But No, if, I know, I know. But if it was a cartoon dog, I want the other cartoon character to punt that motherfucker right through the uprights. There's How something about, wh- about it.
0: So let me ask you this. What about if you're Rod- in the Roger Rabbit world and it's a cartoon dog and you're a real you? You, boot that oh, fu- you fucking, punt him?
1: Oh, absolutely. Fourth, fourth and 11? <laughs> absolutely. Fourth going and 11? I'm on that one.
0: Fucking fourth 11, 70 yarder?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a shot, coach. I'm good for it. I'm good well, for it. Well, the good it. news is when
0: you kick it up in the air, it'll go, hoo wee! You know? Because oh, it's, <laughs> it's a cartoon dog. <laughs> it won't make a horrific crying noise I that think, is dying.
1: I think 20 pounds is the minimum to be considered a dog. Otherwise, we've got to call it a different thing. It's yeah. not uh, a dog.
0: Although, what about, um, well, I don't know how heavy they are. I'm sure Erin's in the chat. She'll know. Um, the um, uh, corgis are awesome. Right? Smart little fucks.
1: I feel like a Corgi's over 20 pounds. God, maybe.
0: I've seen some fat ones. <laughs> Punt. Yeah, 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 we. <laughs> <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding around the corner with a TNT depressor. A plunger. <laughs> <laughs> blown up
1: fucking cartoon dogs. I know. And Harper in the chat was, she was PC enough to not say, I was glad it died. I'm going to say it. I'm glad that fucking thing died. Corgis are mean. I'm hearing. Corgis are mean. Yeah. I got I want to make sure I'm picturing the right dog. What a what a corgi is. I mean, there are smaller. They look like
0: they look like real dogs, but small. They don't look like small you know small dogs don't look like real dogs sometimes?
1: Yes. Like this thing, like Quequeg. Yeah. Like that doesn't
0: look like a dog. That's how I believe they call that a Pomeranian.
1: Okay. quick. uh so we're looking at Corgi's weight uh thirty one to thirty seven pounds. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cor- that's, corgi. That's a dog.
1: That's a dog. Yeah, it's There's a Welsh. Smaller dog. dogs. For... How how much does Stella weigh? Thirty pounds?
0: Thirty she was thirty five, but we've been walking during COVID. She's now down to like thirty one.
1: <laughs> I thought she lost some weight. She's looking good.
0: Yeah, we both
1: have. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and actually, uh, BP sent me some notes. Uh, apparently, you know, because obviously Jillian Anderson had to deal with the dog most of the time, and apparently, it like farted nonstop and it smelled horrific, and she couldn't stand the thing.
0: They probably gave it tons of treats. Mm, probably. <laughs> yeah. Quequeque.
1: Well. Well, anyway, yeah, Quequeque nice.
0: does did it need its owner right.
1: Does yeah. quick eat its owner? What do you mean?
0: The owner died, quick eats him.
1: Oh. Oh right. Yeah, the original yeah, yeah. one. This yeah, is from Clyde Bruckman's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: Who cares? Right. You're just a husk of meat and he needs to eat. What yeah. did it eat?
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, so a couple good callbacks. That was mentioned, the mm-hmm. the callback of Queequeg and then the Stoners, you mentioned them. These guys yes. are great. They they yep. were in um is it War of the Copperfages, or is it the um the hand? It's one of those two.
0: What guys? I'm sorry.
1: The Stoner. Oh. The Stoner couple, the, you I, made me drop my toad. Isn't it Coprophage? Well, the coprophage. coprophage. And then they're then the great callback like twenty years later. They're in um uh Mulder and Scully Meet the Wear Monster, the the best it episode Stephen 11 for my hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it is War of the Copperfages. And it the is chat. Is confirming (laughs) coprofage. (laughs) Coprofage.
0: Coprofage. Why
1: are they Italian? I don't know. That's (laughs) poopa.
0: Hey, caca, mama. (laughs) Tell me about the coprofage in the old country. Anyway. Fuck. We got um, a very difficult situation with the coprophages.
1: <laughs> That's Fuck. the uh, the <laughs> advisor. Jersey. What are they what do you call you call the advisor? What's the what's the mind? Yeah, there we go. Conciliate.
0: Conciliere. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about the old uh,
1: Coder? Conversation on the Rock.
0: Conversation on the Rock. I want you to uh, I want you to talk to me about this. Let's 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 get into this.
1: Dude, about I forgot the, the I forgot to get the exact timestamps, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere in the six to seven mm-hmm. minute range. Ten pages of dialogue. Uh, another good note from BP. So this episode was written by Kim Newton. Um, not to be confused with Kim Manners, who's the director. Sh- sh- sure, but it is widely acknowledged that Darren Morgan did some <laughs> significant work on the script and specifically on the conversation on the rock. Okay, all right. <clears throat> yep, and. I think you can smell you can smell that <laughs> that Morgan all over this thing. All over the entire episode in a way, but especially Absolutely. especially in this sequence here. And um man, there's something about it and shippers go go wild for this for this particular scene. No kidding. And I guess that makes sense. It does, but it's something that make that kind of gives me that big that big rubbery soft one for the shippers of the X Files because I don't call myself a shipper. I mean, I I do love Mulder and Scully's dynamic. I am happy they get together eventually. I do find it rewarding, but yeah, you know, I avoid labels. You know, I'm just above it all but I just want to throw on my shoes. <laughs> no, but there's, I think there's other shows where like big shipper moments are like when they almost kiss or when there's yeah, like a hot yeah. and heavy moment, it's interrupted by like this whole scene. There is nothing what would on the surface be called remotely romantic about it. And, and it's all about two real people who have a real relationship that are in this wacky fucking bizarre situation that are kind of stressed out and sort of driven to be a little honest and have some time and be a little introspective about things and about each other. And it's just fucking beautiful.
0: It is. It's great. It, it, it's it's outstanding. Um, the scene leading up to it, of course, is great. The um, That little sonar piece where yes. he gets nailed was really awesome. Coming straight at us. Um, I, can I just give you one little point about that scene that I love, and we'll get back to the rock. Yeah, here's what I love about that scene. It's coming right at Smolder. It's coming right at or 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 she says something three times. I love that, yeah. and I know that sounds super dumb because that shit is like real panic. Like you're just yes. repeating. You, it's like a, this mantra. You're just repeating. Like is this am I, is this happening? Is this happening? <laughs> is this happening? Is this happening?
1: You just like, have that's to what say it was like. You're like holy shit, holy shit.
0: Exactly, dude. And I, you know, I I really like that part. I thought it was super well acted. I, I doubt it's in the script for her to say it that many times. But um, but back to the dialogue in question. That's more important. Um, but yeah, man, it is. It it's it's very easy to believe two attractive, uh, available to one another people. You know, having a having a moment of uh, of whatever where they indulge in their passion. That's very believable. It's not necessarily romantic. It's just sort of genetic, right? Yeah. Without making it sound base, but it is. And that's what's awesome about it. It's very primal. You can, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing to me. That's just rote, right? Uh (laughs) It's not, it's interesting in that it's great, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not intellectually stimulating at all. No. And it's not supposed to be because if it was, dummies wouldn't fucking have kids. So, which we might be onto something here. We'll have to revisit. Can we put a pin in that? <laughs> put a pin in that one,
1: yeah. <laughs> Can
0: we put a pin in that? <laughs> no, but here's my point is that this conversation between them is real connection outside of anything else. I like that. I like that discussion. I like that talking. Yeah. I like that respect. And and there's a lot. I have I have the transcript up. I don't know if there's anything particularly you want to go through, but, you know, it's, it starts with the, uh, you know.
1: Megalomaniacal cosmology.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: boy, Scully.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, what?
0: Megalo. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear? Oh, nobody can hear that. Yeah, she says it's, um... they're talking about Queequeg, right? Yeah. No, uh, uh, you're so consumed by your personal vengeance against life. What an interesting statement, whether it be its inherent cruelties or mysteries, everything takes on a warp significance to fit your megalomaniacal cosmology, a warp significance to fit. I love that. So roughly translated, you put everything through this filter Mm. to indulge yourself in your worldview. It's, it's
1: right? such a great, com- it's such a great string of conversations. That's what's c- great about it is it's, it's one scene, but there's some time. There's a couple kind of time beats in here and they go from, there's some kind of whimsical conversations okay, yep. to <clears throat> these serious things and, and some stuff that's not like, that's not a compliment, right? No, when, I know it's not. It's when, not. When Scully calls Malta Ahab, it's, she's not like, you know, batting her eyes lovingly at him. Like, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's a good fucking read. And it's interesting that the initial part of the conversation, the, the very first, when they first end up on The Rock, is about, you know, Mulder kind of makes a joke about, you know, living in the city, forget how dark it is at night. And Scully Dude. says, Amen. You forget about a lot of things. Great comment in the chat right that, right here another one from Harper blue convo on the Thank rock reminds me of all the time. I've gone camping with my cousins, friends, brothers, kids, random conversations about space school or dreams, blah, 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 blah. But there is something about being out in a, in a situation like this. And especially this exact situation they're in the boat sinks. They're stuck on this rock. They don't know which ways to shore, how far it is. You got nothing to do, but talk, you get no phones, you got nothing. And I think about those We've all been in moments like that with a friend, with somebody we're we're close to, and the shit you just kind of bring up and talk about, whether it's serious or whether it's whimsical, in those moments when your mind really has time to wander, and when you have time and and the absence of distractions, and that's the kind of shit that like I know I'm total fucking old man on the porch, but like when any fucking downbeat is just a moment to look at your fucking phone. Like I wonder sure. how many conversations like this aren't being had by a generation that's growing up nowadays. Right?
0: Sure. There's a, in, in, if, if I may indulge this type of conversation, cause it is of great interest to me. Let's, let's chill. Let's, let's, let's camp out in this neighborhood. Let's let us Josh engage in a virtual camping out right now. love it. So number one, this is one of the most rewarding parts of doing a podcast is this ability to have a conversation utterly distraction free because outside of how awesome that is, we're trying to be professional. I don't flip through my phone on the fucking podcast. Never, not once. Okay. Not once. I don't. And And I am utterly engaged in the conversation in the moment, which is why I think there is an appeal for people to listen to people have conversations because I think it is something that is not that common anymore. You can't forget politics. Forget debates. They're utterly meaningless. They're utterly meaningless. They mean nothing, and they provide zero insight into anything because it's not real. It's complete facsimile. All of that stuff. All of your any anything where you're like, we got even. You know what? I love Bill Maher. Even his show. It's like, go ahead, two minutes, okay? Then it's interrupting and jokes, and there's just nobody can talk. You know, it, it, it's it doesn't exist. It's it's it it, it exists in so far as we're doing it, but. If I can even take it a step further. I was listening to a podcast. Sadly, this is not my own thought, and I can't remember who the fuck it was because I listened to too many, so I apologize for not citing this. But the person in question said, you'll be out to dinner with somebody, and they'll say, I want to show you this thing that's interesting. Let's pretend for a moment it is, in fact, interesting. Josh, do me a favor. You got this really cool thing you want to show me online, be it an image or a video, and I want you to tell me about how you want me to see it. So let's just role play. Go.
1: Oh, dude! Um, you gotta see this crazy picture of this this chick's feet. Oh my God! It's it's grotesque. Uh, hang on, hang on. Really? I'll show you, dude. It's on my phone.
0: Stop right there. Can you describe it to me?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Think so about that. Right. Describing Nobody does it, that.
0: No. Yeah. Now you. We. What did we talk about a minute ago? When I was talking about the setting of this episode, I was talking about. I was to, when I was when I listen when I was talking about um. Uh, an author. An author has a very difficult task. It's very hard. They have to transport your consciousness with words. Okay. And that's hard because it relies on language. Now, what if I made you so defunct at that language because I grew up just showing you pictures of everything and never describing to you anything? Yes, that's, that's something I think we'll see ramifications of in the future. I don't really know. But when I heard that guy say, could you just describe it to me? I'm very curious as to if you can creatively explain to me, how does that foot look? Mm. You know, in, and, and, and you might be like, I'm just going to show you the reflex. Now, to be very clear, I am not above this and I've shown people many videos and pictures. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm above it. I'm just saying it's very interesting to think that if that becomes the sole way in which we do this, which I swear I'm getting this back to the rock, then it, now, now that's a very innocuous thing. Like, yeah, I can show you a picture of fucking troglodyte. It takes two seconds. We're pressed for time. Just look, I'm not going to describe a troglodyte, but no, it, there's something interesting about it's got this green skin. Imagine a slime on it. It has almost like a toad's throat that bubbles back and forth as it breathes it's hunched over with scaly back and spikes it carries a spear like whoa everyone is thinking of this a little bit differently which is why it's so cool not only that it's not just a boon to the guy telling it's a boon to the receiver because it engages their mind to consider and to conjure right Versus if I show you a picture, Josh, you just go, that's what it looks like. We both agree, and we both have the exact same image of a troglodyte in our head. There's yep. no variance. That's fucked up to me. That that That's bad creatively, I think. And it's weird. I know I sound like a real fucking hippie right now, but honestly, Dude, it is weird.
1: What you're describing, especially talking about troglodyte, this is the reason why role-playing games to me are, mm-hmm. are some of the most special activities totally. I've ever engaged in, and why, as much as I've I like video games. I play video games. <laughs> nothing against them. But the idea that that there's people out there that think like, "Oh, wh- like why sit around a table playing an RPG? There's like I, all these cool RPG computer games." And you're like, yeah, it's you're not, not even a, it's not a better or worse whatever. I mean, it's totally wise different I would though. say But yeah, to, to be to different. be clear,
0: it's not even the same. It's no. not even the same. And it's I, totally two different things.
1: And I credit playing role-playing games as such a huge part in why you know I think like you know i I'm a i whatever level of creativity I have or the ability to express ideas or tell a story or think on the feet, it all comes from just having to rely on nothing but words and everybody's attention being just tied in together, yeah, and you know this is that's a different you know it's a different element, but we're talking about the words and the power of words with with distraction free and and the mm-hmm. the depths of honesty that you can get into. And you know that's and be utterly
0: and be utterly engaged, right? That's the trick. They're utterly engaged. These two, present. they're they're paying attention. Yes. Um, the um, one thing, one thing, Rogan said once that I thought was awesome. He said, "Think about how crazy it is to tell." And, and you know how he is; he gets really like fucking out there thinking because he's on hallucinogens a bunch of times. But he'll say shit like, "Think about like comedy for just a second. I'm on stage, and I might as well be saying a spell." <laughs> It's crazy, but he's right. I'm casting a spell, and then you laugh. I cast a laugh spell on you. I, I'm standing up here, and I'm just going blah, 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 and I talk into this device, which, which amplifies my voice, and then you go, ha, 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 ha. He's like, and, and you know, that's a real fucking baked thought.
1: It's toxic, hideous, uncontrollable laughter. It's a second level of <laughs> spell. <laughs> but,
0: but think about it. I know that's a super baked thought to have, but it's true. Like, I'm fucking just talking into this device and sampling my voice, and everyone's laughing. This is so fucking weird. Yeah, but it is like you know this uh, this this engagement is is really cool, and this conversation between these two on this rock, you know it it they have they're they're attention they have wrapped if that if I can use that word attention with each other, mm-hmm. and 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 she's sort of not just that, but her indictment on him, which is essentially saying you know it doesn't matter if it's the truth or a white whale, it's an impossible situation for you to capture. And you're going to, it'll leave you dead along with everyone else. I mean, what a tragic show if he did die because of it. And, in and she just says, like you already pointed out, you're Ahab. And I love that. I like that she just says it. And then of course he makes jokes about the peg leg and everything else. But, um,
1: it's a joke. And then I wonder if there's absolutely an element of truth to what he says about afterwards.
0: Right. Where he says, braving, facing life with your disability. But without these things, you're actually meant to make something of your life, achieve something, earn a raise, wear a necktie. So if anything, I'm actually the antithesis of it, because if I did have a peg leg, I could possibly be more happy and more content to be chasing after these creatures of the unknown. I kind of took that as almost saying, you know, you if it wasn't for this, I might have to face reality, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Um, and this, a sort of passive um, admittance of the fact that he knows that he's not pursuing any kind of conventional kind of success or achievement or anything like that. Right. Yes. In, yes. In, in what he is chasing after. Um, and, and that maybe in a way in the back of his mind, that's something that could bother him for sure, which is almost never acknowledged, you know, in his, yeah, his passionate quest
0: for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, this is, uh, this is fascinating character study, man. I love this kind of shit. Yeah. And and I love what 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 I especially love about this conversation is the complete and utter respect and trust they have for each other to have it without it becoming without it entering the realm of taking or being offended, right? Right. It's it's complete like trust this person who who is not out to hurt you is not out to dominate you, is not out to be better than you or to defeat you, but is thinking about you in, in, in these certain terms with care in mind, uh, enough for her own safety, but as well as yours potentially, without being preachy and in, in trying to tell you how to live. And that, is, that takes a long time to earn, yeah, it's really hard. I have friends I know that if I that if they wanted positive like like real feedback about something, it I, I would struggle. In other friends, where I wouldn't struggle
1: at all, because you know I, that if you gave them the truth that they say they're asking for, sure wouldn't go great.
0: Right, I I just had a an, an, and by the way an unasked for truth of which the details are just, I'll, I'll I'll keep private just because, but my my good pal down in Florida I had a talk with him last night not long maybe like fifteen minutes about a particular thing and I was like I wonder how this is gonna go and it 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 was rocky and then totally fine because he trusts me because I've known him forever mm. okay you know it's a, one of those things like. We've 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 had a lot of experience together, and he's known me forever, and he knows I'm not. I I am I, I. This is not meant for me to feel better than you, or to be better than you, or to anything. I'm telling you this because because this matters in this context. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, and it went fucking great. Yeah. Uh, but it, not. And that's, but, you know, I I envy this conversation. I guess is my point
1: because there's a level of because if you're not if you don't have that trust and you don't have that. Commitment and that buy-in—you don't even need that level of honesty because it's not worth it. Absolutely, right? Right? It's—it's it's easier to just be to be flippant or to be a little bit less cutting, or per- a little bit perhaps less- nihilistic
0: and yeah. not care. You know, it's yeah. like, or, or to be like, I don't have time for this. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which is the sad truth for a lot of us. I'm a, I'm a frequent, I don't know if I have time for this right now because, you know, you, you got three jobs and you're trying to fucking make it work. So, but that's wrong. That's a disservice to me. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's why, you know, you've got to get these kind of moments, you know, local Audrey in the chat keeps talking about it as they're like conversations like this, moments like this are like, it's a conversation out of time. It's a moment out of time
0: because right. they
1: can really only exist when you pull all that other bullshit away. When you right. don't, it's, when you're not thinking about your three jobs and the next thing to do and mm. all that other shit, like I, I just think like these kind of moments, these conversation on the rock moments, whatever we've had close to that in our own life, they occur when, like you said, you are nothing but present and engaged in that moment. And there's sure, and it's, and it's hard. It's hard. Those, those, Out of
0: time is such an apt descriptor. Mm. I really like that because it's true. You know, you, because everything, I guess (laughs) the only times I think, and even sometimes if we don't do this, but the only times you ever really experience being out of time is if you're deeply engaged in something and you enter, for lack of better words, some sort of flow state. Maybe that's a video game. Maybe that's, maybe that's a particular set. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a a heavy bag routine. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's fucking swerving on the car and just missing a raccoon. Nothing else exists in that moment except you, the car and that fucking raccoon. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. right? Yep. This is, this is why, this is why, uh, you know, you, you know, things like, uh, jujitsu or any compa- or sport, any, when you're engaged in it, it's the only thing that matters in those moments because you're focused on the thing. This is one of the popularities of video games almost to a fault because people do it in, in, it's like any addiction, I guess, but, but sometimes you'll get so focused. And one of the reasons it can be good for blowing off steam or a role playing game or whatever is you're focused on that and that alone. Yeah, you know, um, versus versus sort of the banality to get cute of everything else around you, right? It's like it sucks. So these out of time moments are those moments where nothing else exists in that moment, and you are in you are locked in. Like these two are locked in conversation. Yes, it, it, because there's not moments thinking about their four hundred one ks, right?
1: There's moments like you're describing that you're locked in that moment in doing something alone, like a workout or like for me, like riding a this motorcycle. Is true. That's what I love about it is that, you know, when I'm driving a car, it's, you don't very, think
0: about car. You think about motorcycle.
1: R- r- right. When I'm in the car, I'm thinking about other yeah. things or like I have music on, I have podcasts on. Sure. When, sure. R- when I'm on my bike, that is the only fucking thing happening. And it's just, it's great. It's good for my mental space. Like if I like, yeah. ride to him from work, it's a different day than if I'm in the car. And but then to have that kind of moment, have that kind of engagement, share it with somebody else—that's that's a whole fucking different thing. That's that's a special I, 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 thing. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Shit. Yeah, man.
1: Um, good stuff. Good combo.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, the the back and forth is really good. But um, you know, they. Uh, I, I I mean, I I think the absurdity of of some of the parts of this episode is what makes it fun to me. But obviously, the absurdity of them going, "Oh, it's ankle deep." <laughs> it's fine. But <laughs> the point is just all of this, like him, that, that whole peg leg is sort of, you know, the, and that's not flippant comment. Flippant is my favorite line from Moby Dick, which then rides us right to Faraday showing up. I yeah. thought I heard voices. Right. And that, that kind of, that moment that th- th- it's interesting, that moment just sort of ripped away from them by Faraday. Although he is bearing good news, which is like, Hey, you're safe. <laughs> right, right here.
1: And it's <laughs> funny. I always think of this, I've seen this episode a good good amount of times, man. And I always kind of think about this conversation happening at the end of the episode. And then you yes. kind of forget, like, well, there's kind of a whole thing to resolve because the fucking monster's still out there. Right. I, I kind of forget about this last, whatever it is, 10 minutes or so, where they yeah, yeah. have to deal with it. Faraday gets gets got and you know he does yep. and Mulder abandons Scully to
0: the sweet irony of nature taking him despite the fact that he never turned his back on it because guess what nature will take you whether you're looking at her or not that's that's my fucking thesis <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yep and whether you love it or not doesn't give exactly, a shit exactly
0: exactly exactly man because it, it, you know it's not doesn't have the convenience of McDonald's so I'm sorry but-
1: yeah yeah um but uh yeah, and then you know a good final you talk about the the shots that, that shot straight on of Mulder firing yeah, as he's yeah. as he's lying back just empties the clip. Totally. And, and then we see the dead crocodile, alligator, Fucking whatever
0: it is. Big big one too. Big old boy. Big old alligator.
1: <clears throat> and it's funny because uh you know, as much as you, you, there's a moment of disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. The audience, maybe you're a little disappointed. Mulder's certainly disappointed, and Scully brings up the reality of like, well, it was a dangerous creature and whatever. And
0: it's, it's big and it'll fuck you up.
1: And it's you know the the thing that kind of miss over is like an alligator is a fucking prehistoric monster.
0: Yeah, hasn't changed in millions
1: of years. <laughs> it's a prehistoric killing machine. Come to it, find
0: it doesn't have to. <laughs>
1: right, but it's it's just funny that this. You know, you know so, so much for the white whale kind of thing, or you slew the white whale sure. and you're still disappointed kind of ties back to that. Of course, there is a playful moment right at the very end. The last shot is, you know, big blue, perhaps surfacing out there. Pretty cool. Right.
0: Well, one of the great things, one of the great moments about this, uh, first of all, two things. I want to get back to the final shot Think, you know, the, well, you slew the big white whale. I want to pin that cause I'm coming back to that before that. X-files is very very good. the X-files team and, and as you know as as uh, Larry was saying, the they they got a great team, a memorable team according to him and they are so good at shooting night they are experts at night shots because this fucking shit when the guy gets loaded in the ambulance drives away it looks awesome. It's got a fogginess to it we can still see them in the foreground. it looks good it's clean but also mysterious. And it just, they are so good at shooting night. And so much of this happens at night. And so many shit, so many things happen at night in the show. So shout out for that. And two, you slowly have. I think this is the hidden genius of this episode, this line. Because what's genius about this line is it doesn't matter if he does or if he doesn't, he'd feel the same way. He, I fully believe that. If if, if, if if the Noctis was dead on the shore, he would still feel the same way.
1: That the mystery is over. Yep. Hmm. That's fucking beautiful. You like that? Yeah,
0: I love it. I really do think that because he would be on to the next one anyway, right? And uh, yeah, man,
1: that's that's that's, so- that's the
0: tragedy. Even though it's not a show about that, but if you wanted to give it a, a, a little bit of a sort of a gothy spin, the tragedy of Mulder is that right there. I think it doesn't really matter, and I think Scully sort of intimated that in the earlier conversation, yeah. which is why when she says that, I'm go, I I I just have this epiphany, like this is a brilliant moment in the in the whole series up to this point,
1: the possibility of a truth is almost greater than totally. the, the truth itself. The, the, yeah. what, what the idea of an, of a truth out, out of reach represents, right? The, the
0: anticipation of death is worse, worse than death itself. Right? Sure. Yeah. So I, man, fuck it's good fuck up. fucking great up. up. Um, All right. I guess I love it then. I was a strong, strong, like I've changed my mind on, on up to it a now. love. Yeah, definitely. Like Easily. It. Actually.
1: Nice. Staying fluid, baby, like, like Brad Dorff's face. <laughs> 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 so, we, um I will rip and tear. <laughs> so, I guy. thought this was going to come up in the conversation. It didn't. We talked um, in the pre-show. We said we were going to get back to doing uh, some listener questions that were outside of the normal listener comments in the episode. Oh, uh, right. What and we, we got some again? good ones. Jesus Christ. But I think want to shelve the one we'd mentioned. um, because okay. I, we definitely want to hit it next week, but this is somewhat related to this episode, but I think it's a cool question from BP as a, as a welcome back Cotter to him. Um, Hell yeah. He said, throughout time, there have been stories and lore of creatures like Big Blue. Why do these still exist and why are we so fascinated by him? Um,
0: Can you say the last part? You broke up a little there on the, on the uh, Skype Okay, whatever um, the fuck we're on.
1: Uh, Throughout time, there have been stories and lore of creatures like Big Blue. Why do these still exist, and why are we so fascinated by him, by them? You know, uh, so Loch Ness, the Jersey Devil, Sasquatch, um, Chupacabra. I
0: have, sure, I can I can tell you why they fascinate me, and I could probably make a
1: guess as to why they fascinate us. You don't know, like, I'm really good at just making observations that are correct on that what everybody else thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not know how to do that? I frequently
0: think for everyone else. It's this great trait I have. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I'm working on it. In therapy? No. Um, I, if I could venture a guess, which is sort of akin to my own feeling, but um, I think because the human being has innate curiosity, I, I think one of the things that, that got us to stop banging the rocks together and to start making skyscrapers was the fact that we have this deep curiosity about us. And in, in, in that deep curiosity, I believe that we want to uncover mystery and we want to shed light onto things we don't understand, um, which, which makes it you know, religion quite fascinating. But I'm not going down that rabbit hole tonight. But I think it's one of the reasons, It, 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 it be, number one, because of our curious human nature. Number two, because I think it opens up the possibility for anything. You know, I have this conversation with people a lot. People watch Ghost Hunters. They watch paranormal shows and they go, wow, that's crazy, that ghost. And then I'm like, that's cool. And then I'm like, so um, do you believe in God? Oh, no, no, I'm an atheist. I'm like, well, that doesn't jive with me. Like you can't, that doesn't work for me. You're, that's in, insane. And I guess my point is even people who might claim that we all have this fascination to try to understand or, or brush with anything that might be uh, special like that. And I think it, and I think it, 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 I think it exhilarates us the possibility of unknown things or mysteries. I also think part of us that we might believe that there's the other part of us, which is we believe them the way we believe that, uh, you know, uh, that Jon Snow killed a White Walker. Well, he didn't because it's a TV program. But we really believe he did while we're watching that TV program. Just like we believe that Mulder and Scully had this amazing conversation to where they didn't say, cut, excellent, great, wrap it up, and they went and drank coffee, right? Yeah. We want to, we, we, we sort of indulge ourselves in mystery. It's why we watch television. It's why we read books and I think that is all tangentially related to why things like Loch Ness, werewolf, vampire, missing, you know, ghost this, Hunchback of Notre Dame that. It fascinates us because it's interesting, and and I also think it's because we have this deep desire to rub shoulders with these things that we can't quite explain, and our curious nature makes us sort of hell bent on kind of understanding them if we're not utterly distracted by 9,000 things every week, like we always are, you know? Hmm. I don't know. That's, that's what I think.
1: I like it. As White Desk says in the chat, we want to believe.
0: Ah, what a succinct way to say it. You should start a podcast.
1: Um, You know, you hit on most (laughs) of the stuff I had, I had uh, kind of thought about when BP wrote that question.
0: I spoke generally, maybe you can talk more specific to yourself, but I would say I'm close to that yeah well, know, it's, just, it's it's exciting, you know, yeah. it's exciting.
1: I, and I don't, I don't think I have anything more specific, but I think our earlier conversation kind of fired off some, some neurons and a thought of is also part of it. Could it be that as human beings, we are, we are descendants of, of our, of our ancestors who relied so heavily on stories of storytelling. Like
0: sort of oral tradition, you mean?
1: Yes. And- okay and of of true things and but also of myth and legend and you know allegories and and things like that and how so much of what we are as a culture is is still still about telling stories in a lot of ways and about being fascinated by stories and maybe that's an element of it too and and maybe that's just a different way to say the same thing that you kind of talked about this idea of wanting to believe in something but I think there's was this inexorable
0: inter- pull to to sort of chase away the shadow.
1: It, it is, and also just to be fascinated by by the idea of something like I find that shit fascinating, and I don't believe in it. Like the vast majority of it, um, when which I goes
0: it. back to the Game of Thrones comparison, right? Sure, in in a, in a very vague way. But I think that's that's kind of the point I was making. Like uh, we we we. We don't mind the deception in the consciousness transportation in the moment in the pursuit of the excitement of it all. Right? It's,
1: it's kind of a beautiful self-hypnosis that For you sure. can put yourself in. Yep. You know, I can step back and say, you know, if push comes to shove, I don't think there's a pleosaur like creature that lives in Loch Ness but I doesn't mean I don't find the idea of a Loch Ness monster fucking fascinating. And I would sit down anytime and watch a documentary about sightings and about these people researching and, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And that's it. So the, the chat summoned shit up for us. Maja with the, we want to believe and local Audrey, the moments out of time, the whole story idea, maybe there's uh right. maybe there's some truth to all that shit.
0: Yeah, and you know, in, in in pardon me if the connection's there and assumed, but I will connect it quite plainly. You're talking about storytelling and oral tradition. That's exactly what all of this is, except it's just a different medium. Yeah. Now someone else telling us a story and distributing it to many. Right. It's once they were like, wow, we can it, you know m- more than more than the monks out of the abbey, people can read and write, and we can read and write their words and go, wow, what does this mean? This is making you know, it. it imagine like, imagine the development of language. What would that look like? Imagine the development of language in these, in these moments of time. And then, you know, if, if, if that, that magic moment of being able to read something and then what it's doing to your brain as your brain conjures imagery because of shit you're reading on paper that was written with ink. Yeah. It's so fucking wild, man. You know, it's cool. So it goes from oral to that to, wow, now I can look at it anytime. But, but think about entertainment back in the day. I talk about this a lot, like Mozart, Beethoven. You didn't just put on Mozart. Fuck you. You're going to go, you, could, you better go find people playing Mozart. <laughs> you don't just put on your music. Sorry, you don't have music. What? Music. And yeah, you can go all the way back to dark ages and talk about how terrible dolls, but let's just talk about even the 1700s. No way. You don't get to hear anything. You better go hear something. It's, that's fucking wild yeah that's nuts you know you, a t- TV show what are you talking about write a story or go read one go find one go make one mm. <laughs> it's, fuck man good lord but yeah I anyway. mean just
1: I, that's why I was like watching like The Witch when it's night time and you're like oh so fucking good okay yeah. I guess go to bed because what the fuck else
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude I, think about it when we lose power what do we do light a candle read a book yep and then we're like oh <sighs> Whew. And they're like, it's fucking seven o'clock. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm not bombarding my fucking head with beams of light. Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. God damn, dude. Fuck. This is why I don't smoke. Damn
1: player, yeah, dude. Imagine if we were stoned having this conversation. Forget this it. Podcast to be four and a half hours long. Oh, it'd be <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> money is hundred
0: million dollars <laughs> yeah. in the nine hundred million downloads. Mine is all the people <laughs> listening and paying money.
1: It would be just like it
0: holy fuck man yeah. well what do you want to do you want to bounce out of here
1: yeah let's bounce um, should say uh, if you're uh, if you're listening Day. now go yeah well yeah actually that too but go um, um, check out the after show uh, in the discord which is going to be hosted by uh, BP and Carmelita and some cats being there I will uh, unfortunately not be able to make it this time but uh, that's going to be back to happening after most of the live broadcast. And if you're listening to this, happy Happy Turkey Day. Be thankful. Happy Turkey Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stop bitching about fucking 2020. You know, you know you got some shit to be thankful for.
0: Yeah, honestly. You
1: cunts. Enough for the 2020 memes. Exactly. Your mom died. Your dad died. Let's go. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. You don't have to buy him a Christmas present. Bada bing.
0: <laughs> Check him off the list. Put a couple of fucking shekels in your bank account, you ungrateful fucks. Just kidding. Love you guys. You're the best. Tell them goodbye. I'm sorry. I ruined it.
1: (laughs) In the the words of Dr. Faraday, if you excuse me, I have some amphibians to release.
0: You've been listening to The X-Files Podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net.